This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Good morning. Isn't it a beautiful day out there? Oh, it really is. Wow. Well, what we would like to talk about this morning, we want to talk about the cause. The cause. And I think I have some of those back here. Oh, that's right. Did y'all see a, a bracelet when you were coming in? <laughs> Thank you. We were amazed that we were actually, Sue was able to order them and get them in before this weekend, since last week. Yes. So if y'all would like a bracelet that says the cause after we study our lesson, maybe it'd be more meaningful too. And there's more at the back, I think, too. The kingdom is wherever the king is. It's the sphere in which you acknowledge him and you submit yourself, you surrender to him, to his rule, to his lordship over you, and you live for him. And if you do this, the kingdom of God becomes a dynamic reality in your life. And uh, that transforms things in your life. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, it says, So why do you call me Lord? This is Jesus talking. So why do you call me Lord when you won't obey me? Wow. Why do you call me Lord when you won't obey me? You know, you make my kingdom your primary concern that's what we're supposed to do a believer's priority is to seek and to find and to follow you know the will of God verse 48 it says it is like a person who builds a house on a strong foundation laid upon the underlying rocks and when the Floodwaters rise and break against the house. It stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who listens and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will crumble into a heap of ruins. So we have a choice on Having a foundation or not having a foundation. That's right. And it relates to our obedience to God. And, you know, Jesus taught us to pray. He genuinely did. And he says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, he says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, it says, But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God 
has arrived among you. Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says, So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And he is willing to give the kingdom to all who are willing to make a covenant with him. We make a covenant with God through faith in Christ Jesus, who is our our Savior and our, our Lord. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But first, be concerned about his kingdom. And what has his approval? And then all these things will be provided for you. Psalms 51 says, Restore to me again the joy. You ever lost your joy? Because of circumstances? And you're just kind of always sourpuss and you're just kind of negative and you're thinking along those lines. He says, restore to me again the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then I'll teach your ways. I'll teach your ways to sinners and they will return to you. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, only by Dying, this is talking about Jesus. Only by dying could he, Jesus, break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 10, he says, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until Christ returns. Impure lives hinders the cause of Christ. If we're living an impure life, we're hindering what God's doing here on this planet. You know, let me see here. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Those good things that are produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. You know, character traits of Christ is a fruit of the Spirit. It is. When when Christ really lives in us, there is the fruit of the Holy Spirit evident in our lives. And I want you to know, dear friends, that everything that has happened to me here, Paul says, has helped to spread the good news. Now, where was he talking about here? Where was here? Where was he? That's a very good question. Where was he? He was in prison. Have you been in prison recently? Do you think you could rejoice when you're in prison? Well, that's what Paul did. And he, he saw that God was using everything that happened to him to help spread the good news. And I want you to know, dear friends, that everything that has happened to me here, and he was in prison, mm-hmm. 
has helped to spread the good news, fulfilling the cause of Christ. So he's talking about, it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. For everyone here in prison, including all the soldiers in the palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. I'm here because of Christ. They all heard about Christ because Paul had told them. And the thing was, you know, they kept changing the guard. They kept changing the guard who was watching Paul because he kept leading the guard to Christ. And they kept trying to change him quickly so he didn't have time to impact them with the gospel. But he did. Mm -hmm. The gospel changed them genuinely. And it says here in verse 14, and because of my imprisonment, Paul is talking here, many of the Christians here have gained confidence and have become more bold in telling others about Christ. In very difficult situations, Paul's actions advanced the cause of Christ. It really, really did. Colossians chapter 1 Verse 13 says, for he has rescued, he has rescued, he has set free, he has liberated, you know, us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. Hmm. Have you been rescued? You know, imagine, you know, being rescued from a deep, dark coal mine. Has Satan had his grips on you? Has he tried to control your life? Well, Christ wants to rescue. I'm going to read that verse one more time. Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And he has brought us unto the kingdom of his dear son, the Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus, you know. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all of our sins. And that's the most wonderful news that you could ever imagine. God has forgiven our sins. Whatever sins you have committed, God has forgiven us. He loves us. I think, you know, as we were singing the song today, the first song about thank you, Jesus, for the blood, that first line in the chorus said, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. If we don't apply the blood of Christ to our life and recognizing that it was his blood that purchased our freedom from sin, it was his blood that allowed us to be forgiven from our sins. If we don't apply it, we, we, it does us, it does us no good. So here it talks about the fact that God has purchased our freedom with his blood, and has forgiven all of our sins. And we, we need right. to apply that. If you go to a doctor, because you got poison ivy, and he gives you something that cures it, it don't help you if you don't apply it, does it? It surely doesn't. So we need to apply the blood of Jesus, is what he's telling us. For the old life, this is 2 Corinthians five seventeen. for the old life is gone, the old life, and I think some of you understand that. You're, you're glad to see some of that old stuff gone. For the old life is gone, and a new life has begun. 
exclamation mark. And all this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to himself through what Christ did. And God has given us the task. He's given us the mission. He's given us the commission, the assignment of reconciling people to him. That's what he wants us to do in bringing people together and reuniting them. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Now, that right there is an amazing statement. Mm -hmm. No longer counting your sins. Have you ever disobeyed? Mm -hmm. He says, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message that he has given us to tell others. That God is not mad at you. That God forgives you. He loves you. He's got a place prepared for you. You know, it's, it's too good to keep to yourselves, to be honest with you. Here in verse 20, it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. We're, we're Christ's diplomats, his, his representatives. We are his emissary, his spokesman, his, his messengers his agents, his negotiators, and we have a noble cause. And God is using us to speak to you. And God is using you to speak to others. That's what he's talking about. Are you allowing God to speak to other people through you? That's our cause. It got real quiet when I asked that question. I reckon this is early in the morning. So. When did you experience, it says, a new life has begun, a new newness of life? When I was a, a teenager. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's about 50 years ago, actually. 50 years ago this fall. You're, you're 50 years old? I'm 64 years old. You're 64 years yep. old? I was 14. Back in the Jesus movement, that's when we both got born again, back in the early 70s. No, we didn't know each other at that time. Shortly after we, we fell in love with Jesus mm-hmm. and have stayed in love with him all these years. We genuinely have. And we've honored him with our lives. And he has called each of us as believers, not just pastors, but as believers to reconcile people to him. That's our cause. You're right. Are you allowing, you know, him to speak to other people through you? Mm-hmm. Because you know what? People will talk. Walking down the sidewalk, getting out of a car, going into a store, people will talk and we can speak and we can encourage and the words of God has power, has transforming power. And he says here, we urge you as though Christ himself were here pleading with you, be reconciled to God. That's what we have been given to tell other people. Be reconciled. Mm -hmm. He loves you. He forgives you. Let your relationship come back and, and be close to him. For God made Christ, who never sinned, Jesus never sinned. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins. He was the offering. He he was it. Mm-hmm. 
Whatever we needed to pay, whatever debts we owed, he was it. He paid them. He genuinely did. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. He's the only way. We're made right with the Father God because of Jesus. You know, Jesus Christ. Um, everyone can be made right with God. Everyone. Say, so, well, you don't know what I've done, Pastor Ron. God does. And he says he'll forgive you. He loves you. And, and he'll remove all the stains. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, he says, As God's partners, partners in his cause, as God's partners, we beg you not to reject this marvelous message of God's great kindness. Don't reject. Some people reject this marvelous message of God's great kindness. This is the deal of a lifetime that God forgives us. And he comes close to us and he watches over us. And he provides for us and protects us. That's what he does. He loves us. He cares about us. For God says... At just, in verse 2, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. He, he says, I heard you. He hears you and he, he, he uh, hears others who are hurting. When you come to him and you got to come to the Father through the name of Jesus. That's the way you get there. Yeah. I come in the name of Jesus Christ to you, Holy Father. And then you tell him whatever's going on and he will help you. It says, for God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, God is ready to help you right now. Now, who is that addressing? Is that addressing the ladies? Are the men? Everybody. Are the kids? Everyone. I helped you. Indeed, God is ready to help you right now. And then he goes, he says, today is the day of salvation. Every day is the day of salvation for somebody. There's a day when I really genuinely welcome Christ into my life. And he has changed me and transformed me. It just gets better and better and better. And then one day, I will see him face to face. Because we have a time limit here on this earth. And we shall see him face to face. He goes on to say here in verse 3, We try to live in such a way that no one will be hindered from finding the Lord by the way we act. Are we acting in such a way that people are finding Christ? Are you acting in such a way that people will find Christ? Yes, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Jeremiah, why don't you read? Jeremiah 1, verse 4. The Lord gave me a message. Has the Lord given you a message? 
Yes. Do you know the good stuff about Christ? You know about Christmas? Powerful message. About Easter? It's a powerful message. It's really simple. And I think we all know the message. And he wants us to bring it out and to talk about it. He wants us to share this wonderful news. And it is fantastic news. The Lord gave me a message. Has the Lord given you a message? Has he done anything good for you? Yes. He surely has. He says here in verse 5, I knew you before, before I formed you in your mother's womb. Is that amazing? Mm -hmm. God says, I knew you before I formed you yeah. in your mother. There is a purpose for you being here on this earth. Genuinely, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, some people just think they're just kind of aimlessly popping through this whole life and they just do whatever makes them feel good. When you go to the Almighty God and find out He has a purpose for you. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you are God's spokesman to the world? Yes. To tell what God has done for you. And what he is doing in you and what he says. Verse 6, he says, O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Do, do we excuse ourselves? I'm too young, Lord. I'm too old, Lord. There's always something I'm too, you know? But no, we are not too young. We're not. He says in verse 7, don't say, the Lord replied, for you must go wherever I send you. Do, don't say that, the Lord replied, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid. See, people's eternal destiny depends on you and me speaking up. That's right. Just saying, you know God loves you? That's, that's the message of Christmas, isn't it? God sent his son into the world to, to take our sins and to pay for them. That's, that's the Christmas present. It's Christ, isn't it? And don't be afraid, you know, of the people. Verse 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. Who is it that would give you a spirit where you're just afraid and you're timid about everything? The enemy. It's the enemy of our soul. He would try to make us fearful and not everyone speak up. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. A disciple is a disciplined one. We're disciplined. We can say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or, or yes, I am going to do that. that. That's what a disciple is. Mm -hmm. It's a disciplined one, uh, 
The reason you're here this morning is because you're disciplined. How many of y'all had to get your own stuff out of the bed? Had to put on your clothes, had to get your cup of coffee, had to crank up your car. And, and there's discipline in life. A lot of people in this world don't, don't like discipline. They just want to do whatever they want to do. If it feels good just to do it. But a follower of Christ is a disciplined one. That's what the Bible tells us. He tells us here in verse 8, So you must never be ashamed. Never be embarrassed or reluctant. We've got to shake embarrassment off. Lots of people are embarrassed to talk about Christ. They're embarrassed to talk about the Savior of the world who died in your place and rose from the dead and has prepared a place for you in heaven. And a lot of people are embarrassed to even acknowledge that. You know? So you must never be ashamed to tell others about the Lord. Luke chapter 12, verse 31. He will give you all you need from day to day. What, what? He'll give you what? All you need. All? Do, do, do you guys need much? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One honest soul back here. Okay, if the rest of you don't need anything, would you please just give all your stuff to Brian? Not you, Brian. <laughs> he will give you all you need. 100%. From day to day, if... You make the kingdom of God your primary. Primary is, is number one. Yep, first. Your primary concern. The, you know, it's the most important thing in your life. God's first. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he says. He'll give you all you need from day to day if you make the kingdom of God number one in your life. If you make yourself number one, that promise doesn't hold true. It doesn't hold true. But when you put him first, it does hold true. Verse 9. And uh, let me see, where was that? Second Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, It is God who saved us. He saved us from sin. You know, there's consequences of sin. Mm-hmm. It's God who has saved us from sin. And he saved us from eternal, you know, separation from God. You know? He says here in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all... Now, how many people of our population is this referring to? 100%. For all have sinned. We've all missed the mark. We have. We've all disobeyed God. For all have sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard. 100%. All. And he has a standard Mm -hmm. that we follow the example of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what he, and for all have sinned and all have fallen short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness He declares us not guilty. How can God have the audacity to forgive us for everything we've ever done? That's good news. And he makes the rules. Mm -hmm. Let me read that again. 
Yet now, verse 24, yet now God in his gracious kindness, he declares us not guilty. He has done this through Christ Jesus, who has freed us by taking away our sins. He took away your sins. You you weren't able to turn from those things. He takes them away from us. You know, that's, I was just thinking about it that, you know, anybody who's on trial, that's the, that's the verdict they want to hear is not guilty. And, but the thing of it is, is we are guilty. But he declares us not guilty. He forgives us. He forgives us. He washes us clean. He's freed us by taking away our sins, our guilt. For God sent Jesus. This is verse 25. Mm -hmm. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment. You you know when Jesus took the punishment, don't you? (laughs) On the cross. When he was nailed to a cross. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins. Jesus took all the punishment for our sins. Whether you know Jesus or not, Jesus took the punishment for our sins and to satisfy God's anger against us because we've disobeyed him and we've done our own way. And Jesus took that. Got to read it again. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment for our sins and to satisfy God's anger against us. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. Jesus shed his blood. He never sinned. He never disobeyed. Why did he go to the cross? For us. Only for you. So your sins can be washed away. So we can be forgiven. And we can feel innocent on the inside. Second Corinthians chapter Second Timothy chapter one says, It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He wants us. He's chosen us to live a holy life, to live a life like he has. So his blessings can take root and grow in us. He did this not because we deserved it. Does anybody here deserve to be forgiven? No. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. His plan was to forgive us. To show his love and kindness to us. Us. That's a real big word, us. U.S. Mm-hmm. Us. It includes everybody that we know. Everybody that we meet. And everybody we don't know. Everybody in this world. That's exactly right. His plan long before the world began to show his love and kindness to us through Christ. People need to know that. They need to know that. It's the most important thing in this world that God has taken our sins. Mm-hmm. And he has said, you're forgiven. And it's not because we can earn it, not because we deserve it, 
is because it was his plan to bring us to himself through Christ. But we must believe it. We must believe it. We must apply That's it. the part we have in it is to believe what he has mm-hmm. said to us. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 8. And don't be afraid of the people for I will be with you and take care of you. I the Lord has spoken. So, are, are, are we ever tempted to be afraid of the people? Yes we are. What about the people right now in this world? You ever hear the people in this world? You hear people through the news and whatever say some pretty mean things? Mm-hmm. He said, and don't be afraid of the people. For I will be with you and take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm going to take care of you. He's talking to all of us in this room right now. And then the Lord touched my mouth and said, see, I have put my words in your mouth. He says, I have put my words in your mouth. So he'll give us what to say. Are are you ever nervous about what to say? I'm going to call one of you up (laughs) here and ask you to finish the message. I'm going to just come and get you. We can be nervous about things, but he will give us the things that we need to say. That's what he says. Romans 10, verse 8, it says, Salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is the message that we preach, is already, the salvation is already within easy reach. In fact, the scriptures say, the message is close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. The cause, you know, what he's done for you. Does anybody here know the forgiveness that God offers? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in your, it's on your lips and in your heart. And what God has done for you, he'll do for others. He'll do for everybody. He'll forgive. He loves us. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the Bible. He'll do for others. Verse 9 says, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be forgiven for all your sins. Did you hear what it said? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do a thousand things or a hundred things that someone tells you you got to do this and flip over backwards and do this and do that and do that. He says, if you confess with your mouth, and, and we give people opportunity to do that, Every service we've ever had. Mm-hmm. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus. I believe that you are Lord. He says, and you believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Jesus, I believe it. Father God raised you from the dead. You will be, what's his name? Saved. 
And this applies to anybody. And it applies to everybody. No matter what it is that you have done in your life, God will forgive you. If you just ask him and you believe it. Mm-hmm. You have your hand out there and you receive what he's wanting you to have. Verse 10 it says, For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. By believing. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You believe that chair that you're sitting in right now would hold you, didn't you? Yep. That's why you sat down. You didn't think, it. Well, as soon as I touch it, it's going to fall apart. And I'm going to go rolling down the aisle, you know? <laughs> For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. That's the most wonderful thing. To be made right with almighty God who created you and he created this world and he put us here and he's got awesome plans for us. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you're saved. How are we saved? How are we forgiven? By believing and confessing. By believing and saying with your mouth what you believe. Verse 11 says, as the scriptures tell us, Anyone, everyone who believes in him will not be disappointed. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you will never be disappointed. Verse 12, it says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They all have the same Lord. Who generously gives his riches to all. Now, what percentage would that be? 100%. Who asked for them. Mm -hmm. He will give generously all of his riches to those who ask. That's that's an amazing promise there. So don't ever feel like, well, I'm just too far gone. God can never forgive me. He can never help me. That's not what he says. We see over and over and over. If we ask, we'll receive. That's what it says. In James chapter 4. Verse 2, it says, you do not have. Are you ever in a situation where you don't have something? Mm -hmm. You do not have because you do not ask God. But we must ask in faith, believing that God loves us and he wants to meet our our needs according to his riches and glory. And you don't have because you don't, you do not ask God. He invites us to ask. Let's pick up here. It's Romans 10. 10, 13. It says, for anyone, and that includes everyone, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We keep seeing this theme pop up. Mm-hmm. Every man, every woman, every boy and every girl who calls on the name of the Lord will be Saved, will be pardoned, will be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Verse 14 says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Mm-hmm. That's the ingredient. That's the way you call it. I believe. If I call on you, you're going to do what you said you do. You'll forgive me. I believe it. So we must believe the things that he says in his word. Yeah. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone, and that someone would be you. Mm -hmm. 
It would be you. It would be us as well. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? That's every believer's mission is to tell people. And how will they go and tell them without being sent? That is what the scriptures mean when they say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I'd like to come look at all your feet. Can you take your <laughs> shoes off for just a moment? Do you have beautiful feet? Do your feet take you places? And you know, whether you're in a grocery store and there's a little lady over there and, and you help her get something in her cart for her and you tell her, God bless you. I mean, you got beautiful feet when you speak about Christ to other people. That is fantastic. That is awesome. That is amazing. Let me see where I'm at. Uh, verse 16 says, But not everyone welcomes the good news. Oh. And if you may have been hurt by somebody who said, that's your own business. You stay away from me with that. They can be that way. It's just like, I like the idea of going to heaven. Just because that person don't want to go to heaven, I still can go. I can still accept the good news. But it says, but not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? Verse 17 says, yet faith comes from listening to this message of good news, the good news about Christ. That's how faith comes. That's how faith comes in our life. Faith that God loves us. Faith that God will forgive us. Is because we believe. You know. You know none will ever have faith until they hear the message. And we need to tell people this good news that Christ has given us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. What's it say there? You have been saved through faith. Here again. Through believing. We've been saved. We've been pardoned. We've been forgiven because we believe what God says through faith. And as we tell others, they'll believe. Through you talking about Jesus, many will come to believe. And they'll know the forgiveness of Almighty God. They'll believe it. Because mm -hmm. we have to make a choice of what we believe. We have to make that choice. And, and God's word should be read often and should believe, be believed. That's just the truth of it, you know. But that's our choice, to believe in him, to receive his pardon, to receive his forgiveness. He tells us in John chapter 20, verse 21, it says, He spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Now, I don't know, does anybody here remember a man who used to come to this church years ago whose name was Bill Adams? Yes, sir. Bill Adams was about 96 or something when he checked into his mansion. He was a very good friend of mine. He, he was awesome. <clears throat> he really was, you know. And uh, we had CBs, you know, 
Just the handheld ones and the ones in our vehicles? What is a CB? Some people may not know. Do you know what a CB is? <laughs> it's a radio. Like a, yeah. To and I would talk to Bill. Mm -hmm. and he would talk to me. And he said, my handle, when you want to get me, because you could talk, and there's hundreds of people out there. Mm -hmm. But he says, my CB handle, my name is who? Sheepdog. Sheepdog. You were the shepherd. I was the shepherd. He was a sheepdog. And Bill would go out and talk to people about Jesus. He was a sheepdog. And he'd try to run them in to Christ. Bring them to Christ so they would know Jesus the way Bill knew them. You know? And Bill's buried not too far from here. You know? But he's in heaven with the almighty God. And he loved people. And he'd always help in any way he could. He would love them to Christ. He surely would. If anything he could do for you, he would do it. First John chapter 2 verse 6 says, Those who say they live in God should be religious. No. Does that know what it says? Nope. First John 2 6. But the, oh, oh, well, I, I see it says something different over here. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Christ did. Mm -hmm. Does your Bible read something like that? Yep. It's a big difference. Wow. So if you say you live in God, we should live our life, you know, our, our lives the same way Jesus did. Well, here going back to John chapter 20, verse 22, it says, and then he breathed on them. This is Jesus. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The spirit of power and love. And the spirit of a sound mind and self-discipline. Here's the cause. Here's, here's the agenda for believers. Until Christ returns. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. That's the way you say that word. I don't know if, if you knew that. You don't go, and the Holy Spirit is always come upon you. You always see power. That's not the way you read it. It goes, but when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. And you'll tell people about me everywhere. Everywhere. Who said that? Jesus said. Jesus said, we're going to have the power to tell people that God will forgive them and he will help them in their times of need and not to be faithless and full of doubt and worry and anxiety, but believe him and he'll do everything that he has promised us to do. You know, it's possible to have power and not use it. I'll be right back. 
Do you like Palmer? Mm -hmm. Or would you rather just use a screwdriver and put in like 4,000 screws into something? Mm -hmm. Needs to be recharged. I've got power here in my hand. I'm telling you, there is power in it right now. There is power. We've got to use it. But just because there is power available to you and because power has been given to you does not mean that you're going to use it. And you can go through life powerless. He tells us we're going to receive power at the Holy Spirit. Read that verse again. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power. power. He said you're going to receive power. And will tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, God has called each of us to take the witness stand. Have you ever had to go to court and take a witness stand? Well, we are supposed to take the witness stand because God said to do so. And we can tell people what he's done for us. He's forgiven me. He's helped me in my times of need. Whatever it is I've had to deal with, he has been there for me. That's witnessing for him who he is and what he does. But a lot of people, God gives them the power, but they never use it. That's just the way things are, you know? Church is not just a social club. Now, we've, we've gone to a place, what's the name of that island? Nantucket. Someone had sent us there, and they had a home, and they allowed us to live in their home. And on Nantucket, on this island, I saw some wonderful things. They, they had miles and miles and miles of sand. And I've been on all of them, you know, just driving around, and I found these, these big, beautiful buildings along the way, right on the coast there. You know what they were called? Life-saving stations. Life-saving stations. And they were the real deal. And they had all the history in there. The people were in these life-saving stations because it's an island. And there's lots of different reefs reefs and sand and things like that around there. And people were forever getting their ships stuck. And, and when they were stuck and the waves were hitting them, it would end up tearing them up. And there was a lots of lost life there, you know. But these life-saving stations were there for a reason, to save life, <laughs> genuinely. And it was awesome to see them things. And they had all kinds of uh, little boats and big boats and ropes and they had cannons that would shoot a rope way out there and the ship could get a hold of it and people could pull them in. There was all kinds of things around that island that they had to save people's lives. You think that was a good idea? Yes. Yes. And there was all kinds of history and all kinds of things that they used and it had little uh, slideshows and videos of, of these people in action years ago and what they would do at these life Saving stations. And now, what do they do at 
life-saving sensations? Save lives. They save lives. And Christ, he saves lives. You know? And you and I have a cause. We have an agenda. The evidence of your surrender to God and is the evidence of the Holy Spirit controlling our lives. And, and he wants us to tell other people that's the way we save lives. According to God's word is to tell people the good news. You don't have to drown out at sea. You, you can be rescued. Jesus comes to our rescue and he helps us. That's what he tells us. You know, people are Jesus' priority. He's not up in there in heaven and he's got some newfangled toy that he's sitting around and finding out how to use it. He's not just up there in heaven and trying to make investments and see how much he can accumulate. You know? Is, is Jesus your priority? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I believe he is. That's why you're here this morning. Because we're studying about him. He tells us in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, he says, and you must love the Lord your God. You must. You must. Well, what does must mean? You have to. You got to do it? And you must love the Lord your God with what? All. 100% of your heart. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That pretty much means with all. Mm-hmm. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor. Y'all have any neighbors? Mm-hmm. And love your neighbor as yourself. If, if, if we love our neighbors and, and they don't know about Christ... They don't know how to welcome him into their lives. If our neighbors don't know how to be forgiven, but we know about Jesus and the the wonderful love and the provisions that he's made for us, love your neighbors as yourself. So if we know how to get to heaven, no other commandment is greater than these. To love the Lord with all your heart, all your Saw all your mind and all your strength. And then he says in the second commandment, is equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Can you get no better than that? That's the cause. That's the cause. The cause that we're wearing. If, if, if you're going to wear one, I, I have one. The cause, you know. And some kings really don't care about their subjects, the subjects of their kingdom. They don't really care. Mm-hmm. But Jesus does. Yes, he does. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray and ask Christ to come into our life. You know, reaffirm our faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then you're done unless you need somebody to lay hands on you and pray for God to heal you or to help you in times of need or whatever it might be. But I'd like you to pray a simple prayer. I, I've prayed this prayer hundreds of times. Not that I needed to. But as an example, as a role model for other people who come in here to know how to ask Christ in their own life. And so you will know how to pray for somebody out there in the world that you live. And if 
Do you speak to them? Is that, well, you just got to believe in Jesus. That's what it says in the Bible. And you pray a prayer similar to this. I'd like us just to bow our heads. And would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That is why you sent Jesus. That is why you sent Jesus. I believe that Jesus came to this earth. I believe that Jesus came to this earth. And he gave his life. And he gave his life. To wash away my sins. To wash away my sins. And that I would tell others such good news. And I would tell others such good news. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And every man. And every man. Every woman. Every woman. Every boy. Every boy. And every girl. And every girl. God will forgive. God will forgive. Because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ. Our Savior. Our Savior. Our Lord. Our Lord. And our King. And our King. Draw me closer, Papa God. Draw me closer, Papa God. Help me to get to know you better. Help me to get to know you better. Help me to get to know your son Jesus better. Help me to get to know your son Jesus better. And give me the wisdom. And give me the wisdom. And the courage. And the courage. Even today. Even today. To speak up about Jesus. To speak up about Jesus. The people I have dinner with today. With the people I have dinner with today. People I've known for a long time. People I've known for a long time. And help me to speak up about Jesus. And help me to speak up about Jesus. To people I have never met before. To people I've never met before. Give me the courage. Give me the courage. And the power. And the power. To introduce. To introduce. People to heaven. People to heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anything you want to say? No. What did you come up here for, with me for? <laughs> All I'm right. Just picking on her. I can, sure. This is I'll, the way we, we live at home. I'll talk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if,